Hi there, I'm Hope Jones, Director of the Pre-K to 8 Division, and welcome to Darlington's podcast. Today, I'm here with primary grade teacher, Beth Smith, who teaches Pre-K, and Jody Deaton, who teaches Kindergarten. Together, they have a combined 43 years of experience teaching our youngest students at Darlington. Welcome to the Darlington Podcast, a production of Darlington School in Rome, Georgia. Join us as we take a look inside and outside our classrooms and connect with students, teachers, alumni, and more. Thank you for joining us, Beth and Jody. You're welcome. Thanks for having us. Well, today we wanted to talk a little bit about the cycle of learning. Um, and the cycle of learning at Darlington is made up of five components. Uh, but today we're gonna talk about skills-based curriculum and what that looks like in a pre-K and kindergarten classroom, um, as well as active learning. Our approach to building a curriculum is, especially as a skill-based curriculum, is really kind of based on two components. One, we look at horizontal alignment. What does that look like as we work our way through a particular grade level in a particular year? And then what does curriculum look like as we uh, scaffold vertically from one grade to the next, uh, which is really kind of lends itself to why we're talking today with Beth and Jody as they work with our pre-K and our kindergarten students. And Beth's program does uh, move our students on to our kindergarten classroom, which Jody builds upon those skills. Um, so I'll, I'll throw it over to Beth for just a moment uh, to sort of walk us through an example of uh, where you sort of begin with a skills-based curriculum in terms of literacy. Perfect, perfect. Um, well, here at the beginning of the year, which we are very first of October, so we've been in school about six or seven weeks so far, we have started at the basement. We want to make sure the skills that are introduced in pre-K are so solidified that when they move on to kindergarten, they have a very good foundation. Um, Orton-Gillingham is our method of um, literacy instruction, and it comes in so many forms with phonemic awareness, just being able to hear the differences between words. Pam, can, Matt, rat, which one of those rhymed? Being able to um, hear the differences and hear the things that are alike are so important as we begin our reading journey. Um, and we work with those skills in all kinds of areas, whether it is at circle time or in a project we are doing at our tables or we're bouncing balls back and forth at each other trying to continue the rhymes on. So that's one way that we like to um, to do that in our classroom. Jody, can you share a little bit about what it looks like in your classroom? At the beginning of October, um, today in fact, we have just begun to learn what a syllable is. And when we learn what a syllable is, that means we are getting ready to begin applying what Beth has been teaching from kindergarten and start reading words. And so a syllable, in case you didn't know, is a word or a part of a word with one vowel sound. And we don't just repeat that, but we actually have motions that go with that when we're talking about a word and we make it smaller for a part of a word. And that brings in the kinesthetic aspect of um, our Orton-Gillingham approach. It's multi-sensory 
And it's amazing to watch how using our bodies when we are saying something as simple as that really um, brings it home. We also talked about like in our name, um, let's say the name is Lily. We talk about that has two syllables and each syllable has a vowel sound. And we talk about what's the vowel sound we hear in the first syllable. What's the vowel sound we hear in the second syllable? So we're just taking all those very foundational skills that Beth has taught in pre-K and kind of bringing it up, maybe let's say the first floor, um, to begin our um, actual reading. Well, that really, um, that really sort of is a great segue into what active learning looks like. Um, as you know, if you think about a kindergarten classroom where Jody's talking about um, the fact that there are active um, movements that go with learning our syllables um, and learning our patterns, um, that's exactly what it is. If you had an opportunity to visit either our pre-K classroom or our kindergarten classroom, you will see that it's an active environment. Um, the children are moving. It has a multi-sensory um, element to it that's very critical to how our children learn and what is best practices in our classrooms. And for us, that's really important. It's important. That's one of the foundational pieces to why we really feel that our pre-K and our kindergarten program are really critical uh, to the essential and first steps of making our way eventually to the portrait of a graduate. It all starts in our pre-K and our kindergarten classrooms. And we're really dependent upon that um, as educators in the pre-K through eighth grade division as Beth and Jody lay those foundation pieces in place. Um, let's talk just a little bit about what does that look like. Um, as we develop curriculum, um, you know, we don't actually develop curriculum in isolation of each other. Um, and I've been very fortunate to work on curriculum teams with both Beth and Jody. Um, and I, I'd like to just spend a minute or two talking a little bit about what does curriculum development look like? Because for us, curriculum development is very active um, and it's a living, really it is a living, breathing organism. It is something that we are constantly looking at, constantly evaluating. It is not something that we can go to a shelf and pull our curriculum off of the shelf, uh, which is why, you know, here, it's why the 43 years of their uh, collective combined experience is really paying off. Um, so let's talk just a little bit about that. Um, you both had an opportunity to serve on different curricular teams. Uh, you're both actually on um, a professional learning community right now that's actually focusing on uh, multi-sensory mathematics. Tell us a little bit about what that's like to actually work with colleagues in different grade levels um, as we sort of build not only the horizontal, the horizontal thread of our curriculum, but also the vertical thread of our curriculum. It's funny you say that because just the other night, uh, my husband and I were at dinner with some friends and they said, oh, Beth, I bet you don't have to do anything over the summer to get ready for school because you've taught so long you just have it down pat. And I said, oh, no, no. We are always looking and researching, finding a new way to introduce um, the letter sounds, finding a new way to engage our children um, because they're not the same kids that were in our classrooms 10 years ago. Children are growing up with different media and different things that they like. And so being able to have our firm foundational curriculum of in pre-k for example our letters and sounds that's huge for us to be able to tackle and to make a great dent in to learn those things but the way we go about that can change year to year 
as to what children have come in and where their experiences lie and to um, just make it more fun and creative. That's what I love about my job is just making it creative and fun for the kids. To that point, Beth, you know, as we're working on this, uh, currently working on this uh, professional learning community um, in mathematics, um, it's, it's very interesting because within that uh, curriculum group that we have together, we have our pre-K, both Jody um, and uh, Beth serve on that committee along with actually our upper school math department chair. So it lets you know that that's how important the vertical alignment is for us. Um, that we actually sit in a room with upper school mathematics teachers in the same room that, that we do with Jody and Beth, who teach um, our students right at the beginning of their educational, uh, formal educational experiences. And that's really critical to the conversation um, of building that. Um, Jody, tell me a little bit about, uh, I know that you also served on a committee that uh, has looked at several different aspects of the curriculum. Um, and and how, does, how does it feel to sort of work within a, um, a curriculum development team that's really has a variety of grade levels represented um, on those committees? It's very eye-opening because you get to see what we take, which sounds like just very basic things that are built to very, you know, complex skills that they're able to perform to go to college and so it's it's really exciting to be able to hear from the upper school teachers and they're so interested to hear from us to you know what we're doing in our classroom um, we talked about in our multi-sensory math group that hope brought up about um, something we do is it's called subitizing and subitizing is being able to look at a group of objects and immediately know that it's however many there are. Um, we look at dice patterns, we look at dominoes, we look at base 10 blocks, we just look at a group of whatever type of object and the more that we practice that, you know, they're able to be able to quickly tell you how many there are and, you know, say that numeral, write that numeral, whatever. Um, so it's really interesting for middle and upper school teachers, even elementary teachers, to hear how we do that in our classroom and they're able to explain how, you know, them being able to do that has brought them, you know, through middle and upper grades. Absolutely. That's a great example. Um, you know, one of the things that, you know, that we look at is we do look at our content areas that we teach, whether it be literacy or mathematics. Um, and we look at that in isolation, but then we also have an opportunity um, right before us to really integrate those, that skill-based curriculum into really an active learning experience. Um, and in doing that, um, it, it allows for the teachers to really build interesting units of study um, that may have a, uh, maybe a foundational piece in a social studies or a science um, a content area, but it has all the other elements that sort of play into that. Um, Beth, I know that you just had an opportunity uh, with your pre-K students um, to sort of embark upon your traditional Camp Smarty. Um, walk us through some of the things that you did, um, because that, that's a perfect example of a wonderful unit of study that really pulls in um, exactly what we're talking about in terms of skill base. There's specifically certain skills that you're tying into that. Um, how it sort of culminates with this particular um, this particular kind of final unit of, of study that you do with Camp Smarties. Walk us through what that's like. Okay, sure. 
Um, Camp Smarty was really a culmination of the first five or six weeks of school um, that we had been together. And really, it was just a fun day to kind of showcase um, different areas that we had learned, skills that we are beginning to uh, refine in so many different ways. Uh, One area, we all made solar ovens and we tried to um, see if we could make s'mores with our solar ovens. And they were so excited to be able to put science into action with that. They also had groups and they designed and made their own tents out of PVC pipes and elbows from Home Depot. And they got to bring in their favorite stuffed animal to live in the tent for the day at Camp Smarty. Not only was that a really fun STEM project, but it was also a very good friendship project because being able to work together with with each other in different ways, some people bringing different skill sets of being a leader, some wanting to just be the worker bee, all of those skills are so important to um, to a school year, not just ABCs and one, two, threes, but being able to social, emotional, um, all of those pieces we want to build up in our students. And um, so I think we, we had a great fun day partnering up and doing lots of different activities in that way. And who doesn't want to have fun learning? I think it, it, it makes it more fun for the teacher, and it certainly brings excitement to the students, and that's what we want to see our kids get excited about what they are learning. And, and that's another great example because um, in, in that project, uh, Beth had an opportunity to really sort of introduce the beginning steps of the design thinking process, and the very first step being empathy. Um, and understanding what it means to be empathetic uh, with your uh, classmates as you're learning to work together. Um, so that's, a, that's a, a beautiful example of how um, you take this, the, the skills-based curriculum and you couple that with active learning um, and it's a, it's a wonderful recipe uh, for, um, for a really strong academic year as she works to put those foundational pieces in place. Now, Jody, a little later in the year, you sort of uh, tackle um, our presidents um, and your unit of study and your social studies unit of study, but you also give some students some really interesting leadership opportunities. Can you um, walk us through a little bit about that presidential unit that you do? I know it's a tradition here um, at Darlington. The students cannot wait uh, to get to be president. in the class, and so walk us a little bit through that. We're looking forward to that this year. So this was actually started by Janice Cox. Um, so she's a you know a living legend around this area, and she and I talked together, and she actually did the president's um, that unit, and I just you know continued doing it um, after she retired. So we, um, you know, we talk about during that month, the presidents who have birthdays. And we also, in years where there's an election, um, we talk about the inauguration. So, you know, it changes from year to year with um, the changing of presidents, but each child is given a day where they get to become the president of the class and they will dress up in presidential attire Um, Boys usually wear a suit and tie and girls um, usually a a nice little suit or dress, although that has, we've had, you know, a 
a butterfly costume before, which, you know, I mean, she was a very fun president. So that person gets to sit in our oval office that we make in our classroom. We take some of the pillars that uh, Darlington uses for the prom and other occasions and bring those into our room and we put flags up and have a special desk um, for that student to sit in. And, you know, they get to experience what it's like being a leader of the classroom. They're the leader that day. They get to have special things in the back of the room. Some people have come close um, to being um, impeached, but that's only been threatened, thank goodness. You have to, you know, you have to act like a leader to be the president of the United States. So we talk about that when the occasion arises. Um, other things we, that we do to prepare for that, and I mean, this starts in pre-K, is, you know, learning the Pledge of Allegiance. We learn um, the words to the song Grand Old Flag, and we talk about how important it is to sing that with respect and look at the flag as we're pledging and look at the flag when we're singing and, you know, being patriotic and loving our country. So all those kind of tie in throughout our school year to um, build up to that unit for our president celebration. Well, that, that's, uh, that's one of the exciting times. I know the children really look forward to that. Um, they, and they do. Remember back to those days. I think we probably have some faculty members that would love to serve as president for the day as well. Yes. Um, so, you know, all of those things, you know, the, the thoughtfulness that goes into planning of those units, it, it isn't just for the pomp and circumstance of, of what we're doing with those units of study, but instead it's really thoughtful to, to what are the goals uh, what are our objectives? Um, how are we going to uh, how are we going to reach uh, the the skills um, and teaching the skills that we're wanting to do in those units? And how do we really check for understanding um, as we progress from one unit to the next? And um, it really affords us the opportunity. You know, as I as I sort of think to the end of the first semester, and I think to um, as we move into the second semester, another place that we really see sort of active learning. Um, in our, especially in our pre-K through second grade classrooms is our opportunity for performance um, and class plays. And uh, we're really, we're always excited uh, with kindergarten that actually starts us off with our first play um, of the year, which happens to fall in the month of December. Um, so Jody sort of uh, uh, sets, sets the bar pretty high in December with the children. Um, walk us through a little bit of, of what that looks like, um, as that's an opportunity to integrate the arts, but it's also a very clear opportunity for our students to have some leadership and to build confidence. So walk us a little bit through the kindergarten play and kind of what goes into the preparations of that. So we do the littlest Christmas tree and we've been doing that for quite some time and several students that have been through our kindergarten remember doing that. Um, so it, it's kind of a tradition at this point. And we start off, you know, they have their part. They're expected to memorize their part. We work daily on that. They work at home on that. We, you know, just try to really ingrain in them how important it is for the audience be, to be able to hear them clearly and for them to be able to know their part and say it with feeling and say it slowly. So we work on all those things as we go. We work closely with Ms. Tennell and with Ms. Walker in the music part of learning our songs. 
we, you know, Miss Brown will take some children and, you know, work on their parts with them or certain scenes. Our parents even get involved. They help us decorate the stage and get the set ready for us to perform. And we do numerous, you know, art-related activities around this. Um, one year we were able to get some of the longleaf pine cones from Barry, um, the big ones, and we made those. We put snow on them with paint and glitter, and we put those up on the stage, and that was part of our set, and that was very special. So it changes from year to year with different things. Um, of course, last year with the pandemic, we were able to perform, but we had um, shields on, so we were thankful to be able to perform, but it, it changed a little bit, and, and the children, of course, are just so much better at adjusting that, than any of the adults are, but it is a great way for them to realize that they're doing this for someone else. They're doing this to make their parents smile. They're doing this to celebrate the Christmas season, and the best part for them is when the upper school students come to watch them perform because they are the best cheerers and the best audience that we have. And it's very special for them because a lot of them did this play when they were in kindergarten. And that's, you know, that's one of the highlights of our December season um, is one, the children learning how to perform for an audience that looks familiar, which might be their parents and grandparents, to being able to perform for an audience of upper school students that may not look so familiar, but they get really excited about that and they learn what it means um, to perform. Um, and they really take great pride in that. So that's something that we are looking forward to um, this year as well. So our little kindergartners actually kick us off in our play season. Um, and then we uh, pretty consistently from that point on have plays throughout the spring. And we culminate actually with our pre-K. Beth uh, likes to go last uh, when her, all of her little uh, pre-K <laughs> students, all of her little smarties are ready to go in late spring. And um, she has a performance and they really learn to work within that performance space, which obviously is a skill that's really important. It's one thing to practice in a classroom. It's another thing to learn to, to perform in a particular space and the skills that go into that um, and to be able to um, project um, and learn a, a, a lot of songs and a lot of lyrics that go into that. And so Beth, tell us a little bit about that. That's one of our, uh, she kind of culminates our, our play season. Uh, with the Smarties. Um, so walk us through um, your play. Okay, sure. Um, well, in pre-K, we have traditionally done a Rome history unit in the springtime. And so that is our play. It's all about the founding of Rome and the, the special things that are in Rome um, and the special people that have brought Rome and made Rome to what it is today. So it's really um, fun because some of our parents, whether they're from Rome or not, they don't know a lot about Rome. They have not walked around and been to the Seven Hills and um, know that there are three rivers that are two rivers that converge and make a third river that runs all the way to the Gulf of Mexico. So it's really fun, not only to for us to perform the play, but to really teach um, our parents in the community a little bit about Rome and how special we think Rome is. Um, last year, we were not able to bring in community members to watch our play, um, but that has been such a special thing to have the city commissioners and the county commissioners and um, the chamber 
friends um, come and watch our play and really it reinvigorates their job as well, I think, for selling what selling Rome and, and what it is. Um, but you're right, it is so many skills wrapped up into one. It's not just learning a line, but it's being able to say your line clearly and look at your audience. It's being able to pick up your long prairie looking dress from the 1800s and make it up on the stage in one piece, <laughs> you know, and those kinds of things. So um, it, it's just a great opportunity that I don't know a lot of other schools take it to this level, that they might do a school-wide production, but it might just be pre-K has one song within it and not really the leadership roles that, that our kids do. So, And like Jody said, our, the kids that have grown up as Darlington students, they remember those moments and those are just hallmark moments for them that they look back at their time at Darlington and can say, wow, I was a Deaton Darling and I was the star or I was the Christmas tree or this and that for the place. So it's really a cool thing to be able to do. Yeah. And the, you know, the pre-K play is just a beautiful culmination um, of a history unit uh, they do in class. And that's the thing is it takes the arts um, integration um, element to that um, and it's coupled with history and then it's actually used as a teaching tool for an audience. So it actually has additional layers onto it. So um, it's just, it's, it's, uh, it's something that is an annual tradition that's very, criti very critical for our students that are going to sort of be raised in a performance environment um, and it's a beautiful way to sort of lay those foundational pieces in place um, prior to that. Um, well, I just, I thank you, Beth and Jody, for being um, on the podcast today. My pleasure. Thanks for having us. We're glad that you tuned in to this episode of the Darlington Podcast. You can check out today's notes at darlingtonschool.org backslash podcast. If you have any questions about today's program, or ideas for future podcasts, send an email to communications at darlingtonschool.org. The Darlington Podcast, a production of Darlington School in Rome, Georgia, is a collaboration between the communication, advancement, and IT teams, and the intro music is student-produced. See show notes and hear more episodes at www.darlingtonschool.org podcast.